Hey guys, and welcome back to The Collective Podcast. My name is Callie Nixon. A few weeks ago, we had an amazing event called Collective Nourished, where we gathered to encourage one another with singing, Bible teaching, and an amazing time at brunch. Listen, the content was so uplifting, so encouraging, that we wanted to bring our online family into the richness of time with these friends. My friend Kristen Tippin has faithfully walked the road of infertility and thus has wrestled deeply with God's goodness. I invite you to listen to her, a hero of the faith, as she shares about the comfort of God in our trials. Let's listen in. So let me start by saying that this is not going to be a before and after story. I'm not going to share with you all about a hard season that I walked through, but I've come out on the other side and you can too. That's not my story and that's not my goal today. The truth is I'm still in a really hard season in need of healing and I've been here for what feels like a very, very long time. And I say that because almost three years ago, my husband and I started trying to have a baby. So it started three years ago as a fun and exciting and hopeful season of growing our family has become a long haul through the grief of infertility and longing and unmet desires. And if I'm honest, it's also been a very disorienting season in my faith. A little bit about me, I grew up in the church and I became a Christian at a very young age and there were certain truths about God that I never questioned, that he is working all things for my good, that his timing is perfect, that he is sufficient and fully satisfies, that he is kind in all of his ways, he is a giver of good gifts, and that he is trustworthy. I just never really questioned any of these things. That is, until I suddenly couldn't see the good and infertility. I couldn't understand his timing. I wondered why he wasn't giving us this good gift. And I couldn't see his kindness or sufficiency in this deep longing and unmet desire. I felt like my experience was not matching the truth I knew in scripture. And it was truly a disorienting time. So I found myself asking, what am I supposed to do with these doubts and fears and questions? And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Weary, carrying heavy burdens, and in need of rest. Yeah, I would say I fit that bill pretty well. And all he says here is to come. And so I did. I came and I sat. And when I say sat, I mean I literally just sat before the Lord on my couch coming to him with all of these doubts and questions because I had no other idea of what to do with him. But all he asked was that I come. And as I've sat with him for many, many months now, I've learned that there is so much rest to be found when we just come and sit with God. So that's my goal today. That's what I want to share with y'all is that we find rest when we sit with God. We find rest when we sit with God. So about a year ago, in the height of some of this frustration and doubt and grief, I found myself reading through the Psalms for no other reason than I hoped they would be comforting. And I got all the way to Psalm 6 of 150, all the way to Psalm 6, when I felt like David and I were going to get along just fine. 
And I say that because of the words he writes in Psalm 6. So I'm going to read just a few verses from there, starting in verse 2. David says, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? And then he says, I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief. And then he wraps up the psalm with this in verse 9. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. And when I read that last verse in verse 9, I literally thought to myself, okay, David, what prayer? What prayer is the Lord accepting of? And so I read back through the psalm, and you know what I found? David didn't even thank God for anything in his so-called prayer. There was no adoration, no thanksgiving, no praise. He doesn't actually even say one nice thing about him. But you know what David does do? He is really, really honest with God. Look back at what he says. I'm languishing. How long, oh God, I'm weary. My eyes and my couch are ruined from all my tears. And then the Lord accepts my prayer. Man, what a relief it was to know that if a man after God's own heart could be that honest with God about how he was feeling, about his emotions, that I could too. And in a season where I found myself questioning a lot of what I thought was true about the Lord, I could just be honest with him about that. God doesn't need my flattery. He doesn't need me to pretend I'm okay. The truth is we can sit with God and be honest with him because nothing will separate us from his love. And I know that because of Romans 8, 38 and 39, which says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor doubts or anger or frustrations or mistrust, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me from his love. And therefore, I can be honest with him. So sitting for me, sitting before the Lord has looked like my prayers sometimes sounding more like Psalm 6 than a Psalm 8 where David starts out with, Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Sometimes my prayers are prayers of praise and other times they sound more like Psalm 6. I'm languishing. How long, oh God? And that's okay because remember we can sit with God and be honest with him. So something else happened when I started being honest with God. I stopped trying to convince myself of what I thought to be true of the Lord, and he began proving himself to be true in every single way. As I mentioned earlier, I grew up believing certain things about the Lord that were thrown into question as I've walked um, or maybe crawled, you could say, through this season of infertility. Is he sovereign? Does he hear my prayers or even care about them? Is he good? Is he kind? Is he trustworthy? And so for a while, I worked really, really hard to convince myself that these things were true. And what I quickly realized is that I'm actually not a very convincing person. I wanted so badly to believe these things and honestly felt a lot of shame that I was having the doubts that I was. But in following David's lead of being brutally honest with the Lord, 
I finally sat and confessed to him that I didn't know if he was trustworthy. I didn't know if he was good. I didn't know if my prayers actually made a difference. And when I did, 2 Timothy 2.13 proved true, which says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. When we stop trying to convince ourselves of what is true, God will prove himself to be true because he can't deny himself. The truth is we can sit with God because he doesn't need us to work for him to prove his character. We can sit with God because he doesn't need us to work for him to prove his character. And the last thing that I'll share that the Lord has taught me in this season of sitting is that we can sit with him because he gets it. Recently, I found myself reading Matthew 26. And if you're familiar with that passage, you know that before Jesus went to the cross, he went to a garden. And in that garden, he got on his knees and begged God to let the cup of suffering pass before him, begged God for another way to do what he needed to do. And not once, not even twice, but three times, God doesn't respond, which ultimately was a no. And as you can imagine, in this season of infertility, I have begged and begged and begged God more than three times, in fact, for a child. And month after month after month, the answer has been no. And for some reason, as, I re- as I've read this account of Jesus also receiving a no from God, not once, but three times, I've thought to myself, oh, he gets it. He knows what it's like to ask for a relief of suffering and to be denied. But the difference is that Jesus experienced a pain and a suffering far greater than anything I am being asked to endure. And I don't say that to mitigate my suffering or my experience, but to, but to emphasize that Jesus too can empathize with us. And as I read these scriptures and study the life of Christ, I see more and more that Hebrews 4, 15, and 16 is true. We do serve a God that is able to empathize with us in every way. And that is especially true in our suffering. So why wouldn't we sit or better yet cling to the one who gets it far more than anyone or anything else? We can sit with him because he truly gets it. And that's our hope, that Jesus, the one who was denied the cup passing before him, the one who went to the cross taking on my sin, taking on your sin that once separated us from God, the one who literally hung on a cross with nails pierced in his hands and his feet, the one who was buried in a tomb, that Jesus, he rose from the grave. He conquered sin and death. He restored our broken relationship with God so that our sin no longer separated us. In that Jesus, we have redemption, which is the forgiveness of our sins. And then Jesus ascended into heaven. But, and that's a pretty big but, but one day that Jesus is coming back. And you know why that's so important for us today? Because when that Jesus comes back, our broken bodies will be redeemed. My broken body, my empty womb will be redeemed. Our broken relationships will be redeemed. Our failures and our heartaches and our sufferings will be redeemed. Everything will be made new. Everything will be made right. 
There will be no more tears. One day he is coming back. And if you are in Christ, you, friend, will be fully healed. That is our hope for today. And all Jesus asks of us for the here and the now is to come. Come sit with him. Come sit and be honest with him. Come sit because he doesn't need you to work. Come sit because he gets it. Come sit and experience the rest that is found in him. Thank you all so much for joining us for this bonus episode of The Collective Podcast. If you're in the area, we make sure to go to watermark.org collective to sign up for our next upcoming events. If you're not in the area, we're so glad you're tuning in. Give us a follow on Instagram at watermark underscore collective or send us an email to collective at watermark.org if there's any way we can care for you, any way we can serve you. Women, you are known, seen, and loved by the only one whose opinion of you matters. And we'll see you next time on The Collective Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,